Wesley Dale Morgan was an adorable little two-year-old boy in May of 2001. Little Wesley lived with his mom, Ruby Renee Havard, and her boyfriend, Burnell Hilton Jr., in a rental home on a main road in Clinton, Louisiana. One minute, Wesley is outside playing with puppies on his front porch, and the next minute, his mom cannot find him anywhere. Wesley Dale Morgan vanished into thin air. Or did he? What happened to Wesley? This episode of Where Are They? features the unsolved disappearance of two-year-old toddler Wesley Dale Morgan. today's episode of Where Are They? Our goal is to spread awareness of unsolved missing persons cases. So please feel free to share this episode and share Wesley's name in any way you can. Someone must know something. Also, please be sure to subscribe. We can be found on all major podcast platforms. If you are watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification button to be notified when new videos are posted. So let's talk about Wesley Dale Morgan. Wesley was born March 14, 1999, to a 17-year-old Ruby Renee Havard. Wesley's father is Dewey Morgan, and they all lived in Clinton, Louisiana. Clinton is in East Feliciana Parish, just north of Baton Rouge. In 2001, Havard and Morgan were no longer together. Havard was dating Burnell Hilton Jr., and they lived together in a home on U.S. Highway 63. The morning of May 15, 2001, was pretty much a typical warm and humid Louisiana morning. Ruby was sitting on the porch with little Wesley while he was playing with some puppies. Around 9.45 that morning, Ruby said she went into the home to make pickled eggs for a snack and left Wesley on the porch with the puppies. When she returned just a couple minutes later, Wesley was nowhere to be found. After a quick search herself and not being able to locate Wesley, she called the police to report him missing. It seems in this case, the police responded very quickly. The word got out that a little boy was missing and it was all hands on deck. The police arrived and quickly began a search of the area. The community also received word and also went out to find and look for this little boy. Before we dive into the details of the search itself, the few details that we have anyhow, I want to bring up a couple of things. First, unfortunately, in May of 2001, Louisiana didn't have the Amber Alert established yet. 
The Amber Alert wasn't active in the state of Louisiana until October of 2002. We were just over a year away from having that, and this is possibly a case that could have benefited greatly from an Amber Alert for Wesley. Second, there are some conflicting stories in some online conversations about the timeline. I'm going to mention this because it seems to come up over and over and over again in almost every online conversation I can find. So in some reports, it is said that Ruby claimed she went in the house around 9.45 a.m. to make lunch. This has a lot of online web sleuths questioning why she would be making lunch at 9.45 a.m. And of course, that detail alone has them all calling her out to be a liar and just not buying her story in general. The interviews that I have read that were conducted with Ruby, she has stated she went in the house at that time to fix a snack of pickled eggs. In any event, in my opinion, the real question is, why did she leave her two-year-old alone for any reason at all? And honestly, I don't care if she wanted to eat lunch at 9.45 a.m. What I really want to know is, where is Wesley? And anyone who has had a two-year-old or who has a two-year-old, anyone who has babysat or even knows a two-year-old, knows how quickly they can get into things. So I'm definitely more apt to question why she left him alone outside for any length of time on a semi-busy road. But again, she was very young. She was a young mother. And it's always easier to pass judgment when you don't know the whole situation. So in her story of what happened that morning, I actually had some questions about the puppy situation. Like, where were these puppies? Were they on the porch? Was the porch fenced in? Could it be closed off? Were these puppies theirs? Did they live at the home? And puppies are just like little kids, like toddlers. They can have a tendency to wander off. Did one of the puppies wander off and Wesley followed? There are literally no details about the puppy story. And I'm guessing that all of the puppies were then accounted for since it was never mentioned or talked about further. So the police have come out and they've started this search on foot, on horseback, and they even brought in a helicopter. In fact, really early on, the state's governor declared a state of emergency in Clinton so that the state could finance the helicopter search and utilize infrared technology. The thought was maybe Wesley wandered off and got lost and they needed to locate him in the woods or some nearby area and the infrared technology could help them find him. The Louisiana National Guard also came in to assist with the search and search dogs were also brought in. However, they found absolutely nothing to lead them to Wesley and no clues at all as to his whereabouts. So police began to question Ruby Havard pretty extensively. And she adamantly 
denies knowing anything about what might have happened to Wesley and insists that she left him alone only for a couple of minutes and that he disappeared during that time. Both her and her live-in boyfriend at the time, Burnell Hilton Jr., were given polygraphs. Now, I wasn't able to confirm Burnell's whereabouts at the time of the disappearance, but both he and Ruby failed their polygraph tests that they were given. And I've talked about how unreliable polygraphs are, so I know a lot of you might be thinking, well, there's our answer. But again, polygraphs are notoriously unreliable. It is just an interesting fact that both of them were said to have failed. So while the community rallied together to help in the search, police started to keep an eye on Ruby and Burnell as well. Shortly after Wesley disappeared, Ruby and Burnell split up. Police have commented that Ruby never called to check in on the status of the case or beg for continued searches or help in finding her child. And in most instances, you would expect that from a parent of a missing child. Her behavior actually caused them to look at her even more. In June of 2001, Ruby would begin dating another man. Now, Wesley went missing May 15th of 2001. So a few weeks after he goes missing, she starts dating another man. And police would actually get a search warrant to go search his home that summer to see if they could find any clues that might lead them to Wesley. But no trace of Wesley or evidence of any kind was discovered. This story takes an eye-raising twist in 2008 when Ruby was arrested and charged with attempting to sell her infant child on the black market for $2,000. So Ruby gets arrested and immediately the police try to offer her a plea deal to get her to tell them where Wesley was, as they now believe more and more that she is responsible or knows where Wesley is. And I must admit, when I first heard this, it was kind of an aha moment. This must be what she did with Wesley, right? It would make complete sense as to how he vanished into thin air. And it could also explain her behavior. When 2007, Ruby had become pregnant. Her mother had put her in touch with a couple that was looking to adopt a baby. Neither party could afford a lawyer to facilitate the adoption, so they paid some of Ruby's medical expenses while they tried to figure out the details and how to make an adoption legal. When Ruby gave birth to the baby, she apparently bonded with him immediately and changed her mind about the adoption. The young couple was so angry and heartbroken that they reported her to the police for extortion. The police thought they had her at that time, and they truly believed this is what she had likely done with Wesley. 
Ruby is arrested and charged, but pretty soon after that, the police were able to verify that the $2,000 she received was indeed spent on expenses for her pregnancy. They ended up dropping the charges. Now, it still was not a legal adoption, or it would not have been had it proceeded, but they didn't have much to win a prosecution on it. During that time, Ruby had obtained a court-appointed lawyer for that, a Rhonda Covington. Attorney Covington did give a statement when a reporter asked her about the 2001 disappearance of Wesley, her client's other young son. And her response was, quote, she was a teenager with a fifth grade education when the child disappeared, yet she was supposed to have outsmarted the sheriff's office and the FBI, unquote. So now I'm back to not being sure. It does seem that if she does indeed know where Wesley is, and honestly, that is the best situation probably for little Wesley, it is pretty remarkable that she could have kept this secret all this time. Also, everyone and anyone else that might have been involved has also had to keep this secret. I'm going to reference the Kamaya Mobley story again. I covered Kamaya's story in my episode called Solved Missing Persons Cases. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, please do. It's always refreshing to know that these cases can be solved days, months, or even years later. Kamaya was kidnapped from a Jacksonville, Florida hospital as a baby and raised by a woman whom she believed was her biological mom. When Kamaya was in high school, she went to get a job and realized that her birth certificate wasn't valid. When she questioned her mom or the woman that she had thought was her mom, she admitted to Kamaya, who had been renamed Alexis, that she was kidnapped. Kamaya actually stuck by her mom, however, and decided to keep her secret. Kamaya had confided into a couple of friends, and it was one of them, actually, that told their parents, which ultimately led to the truth coming out. So I can't help but wonder or hope that this might be something that could possibly happen here. If Wesley was put up for adoption on the black market, he might someday discover the truth on his own. There is also cutting-edge technology with DNA testing that can identify relatives, long-lost relatives or separated relatives, through a DNA database that is still relatively new. That is another situation that could help out in this case. So the FBI has kept the case open this entire time and continues to work it. It has never been a closed case or technically a cold case, which would mean they had closed it. They occasionally conduct new searches and interviews, and they really hope to have an answer on this particular case. In 2015, they conducted another very thorough search of the area with their rapid response child abduction team. But again, nothing was found. 
However, neither the police, the sheriffs, or the FBI agencies are giving up hope on this case, and they truly believe they will have an answer one day. So few clues in this case, the theories are limited. Basically, what we have is theory number one. Wesley was put up for adoption on the black market and is still alive and well living with another family. Theory number two, Wesley fell victim to foul play and is no longer alive. But again, if that is the case, he would have likely had to have been removed from the area as there was no clues or no signs of any foul play that had been found. Theory number three, Wesley was abducted, a crime of opportunity. Perhaps somebody was passing by and saw a two-year-old child alone on his front porch. If that's the case, it's truly unknown if he is alive or not. And while I suppose that is a possible theory, it seems unlikely to kidnap a child from their very own front porch on a fairly main road, not knowing if anyone's watching or seeing or when somebody in the home might step back outside. So what do you think happened to Wesley Dale Morgan in May of 2001? Do you believe his case has a chance of being solved? Wesley was last known to be on his front porch on the morning of May 15, 2001. Wesley is a Caucasian male with blue eyes and blonde hair. He was wearing a gray Mickey Mouse t-shirt and blue shorts and sandals on the date of his disappearance. If you have any information as to the whereabouts of Wesley Dale Morgan or any information at all about his case, please call the East Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office at 225-683-5459. At the time of this recording, there are 44 children in the missing children's database for the state of Louisiana. All we need is someone to come forward with the right piece of information, and we can bring that to 43. Someone must know something. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode and listening to Wesley's story. There is a lot we don't know and not a lot of clues to work with, so the hope is to get people talking. Share Wesley's story and his name and let's get his picture out there. Keep an eye on our social media as we will post his missing persons poster and some other age progression photographs that have been released. And as a reminder, our charity of the month coming up for March will be the Charlie Project. Stay tuned to our social media pages for more information on how you can help their mission. The Charlie Project is an online database that keeps record of unsolved missing persons cases, and it helps keep their name in the public eye. The Charlie Project is run by Megan Good, who keeps her website going solely on the donations of others. We will be releasing some merchandise soon. Our Patreon membership group will be launched next month, which will also support our charities and of course, we will provide a direct donation link and information 
to our charity of the month. If you are unable to donate, please consider sharing their cause and their story. If you have any case suggestions or any feedback at all, send me an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com. Be sure to keep following us for case updates, and we will see you again next week with another unsolved case. Until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.